Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It's 134 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Brendan S. Scott with you. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. For a menu and a list of their 13, in Edmonton, uh, 13 Edmonton and area locations, go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The Stoffer recommendation at Royal Pizza. It's a Tuesday. And I know Speck's not a fan of chicken on pizza, but I'm going with the uh, Mediterranean uh, chicken. As we head off to our Oilers Now headliner for Wilhawk Beef Jerky, it just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Longtime Columbus Blue Jackets broadcaster, former Blue Jackets player, hard-nosed, tough player that spent a fair amount of time in these parts as well. Also does some work with the NHL Network. We welcome back to the show Jody Shelley. Hello, Jody. How are you doing? Hey, Bob. I'm doing great, man. Good to talk to you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, lots to get to. Let's start primarily. We'll get to some of the news around the league in a second, but I want to talk a bit about the Blue Jackets. Uh, interesting times uh, with the return of John Davidson and the extension of Yarmo Kaikalainen. Uh, given those two factors, could you foresee a scenario in which the Blue Jackets, especially given the Seth Jones news, may look at potentially doing a little bit of a rebuild here? Yeah, you know what? It's definitely on the table. And and it's too bad, Bob, because when you look at this team, they found some momentum a couple of years back after losing to the Penguins and not having a game breaker. They somehow plucked Panarin away from the Chicago Blackhawks. And he was here for a couple of great seasons, you know, really rubbed off on some of the players. And, and you know, he has the right as a free agent to come to Chicago from Russia, then gets traded to Columbus, and then he moves on to New York. And that was all fine and dandy. But, you know, you feel that the organization has turned a corner a little bit with some players who've won in the American Hockey League, seen some success. And then now, you know, start this season, Dubois leaves, Anderson leaves, uh, and, and then you're looking around, and these guys looking around, trying to see Max Domi fit in, Line A fit in. I feel like they have pieces, but the cornerstone piece would have been Seth Jones. I mean, there's only so many players you can build an organization around. He would have been the guy you moved to, uh, you know, with Felino gone and, and, and those other guys I just mentioned. So now with him, with that news that he's going to go to free agency, uh, yeah, I think this is one of those things where you take every asset that you have in your little chest and you try to see if you can find a quarterstone piece to bring or two to bring in here and start building around that. The fact that Davidson is back, Yarmo's now got four, four years, that kind of takes the pressure off winning now as well. 
and that you're going to have a new head coach there. We'll see who that ultimately ends up. It gives the, uh, you know, to, to me, it gives the organization a little, I mean, what's the market like there? Like, what's the appetite? Would the fans be turned off if they said, look, we're going to trade Jones for a younger defenseman, a prospect, and a pick, and, and maybe we might even turn around and, and flip Line or or flip Domi or something? Would, would the appetite be there for that, you think? Jody? Yeah, I think I think Liney and Domi, I think for sure. I, I you know, I, this is a college football team. This is a sports city. And yeah. when the Buckeyes lose one game, Bob, in a season, it's devastation. It's complete failure. I mean, this I'm talking about excellence here. So they expect winning and, and now that the standard has been raised and, and and you know, that's what they've done the past three seasons here with John Tortorella. Um, now the fans, I don't know if they want to hear it, but, you know, Yarmo came out and said it's a reload. Uh, that was earlier this year. And then, you know, everyone was like, okay, reload. Let's see what happens when they move Felino and Savard out of here for picks. Uh, but a reload, it doesn't look like a reload. It looks more like, okay, what happens? You know, I know there's a nice balance here this year with the expansion draft. I know they have three first-round picks. Uh, but your corner piece has announced that he's moving on. So, yeah, you know, I don't think they have the appetite, Bob. I think it's got to be quicker than a, a three- or four-year thing. Maybe two years, but, but we'll see. Did anybody win the deal from a primary perspective? That's that's for at least now keep Roslovic out of the trade. Line A for Dubois. <laughs> Dubois. Dubois did not score in the final 24 games. Winnipeg did not beat Edmonton because of Pierre-Luc Dubois, just to establish that. Uh, the, the goalie of it, a 950 save percentage, played a huge part in it. But Line A struggled with uh, the Blue Jackets. Dubois struggled with the Jets. Are you surprised by that? You know what? I, I'm surprised that Patrick Line a came here and was not a pure shooter. That, to me, was disappointing. I felt like he was a player who didn't understand what he was or he was a player that felt like no one could get him the puck. I'm not sure where he was. He was in between both. Um, As far as Dubois, to me, he looks injured or he looks uh, like he's not happy that he's playing the wing. Uh, you know, with Shifley out, I would have thought maybe. And what? I'm not a coach. I mean, come on, Bob. But we can be a we can be a coach now that we're sitting in sure. these, you know, in our chairs. You know, not not involved with it. But if I'm going to play a coach, when Shifley goes down, I put Dubois in the middle there with Wheeler, and I try to spin him that way to see where he can go. You know what I mean? He's a guy that needs a challenge, but he also needs. I think he needs that that uh, number one spot. So I, I don't know. Is he injured or is he just chapped? I'm not sure. Uh, to to. To ask me who won the trade, I'll tell you how I'll answer that. If you you have to have Roslevic as a name in the trade to know who won that, <laughs> you can't go he, head to head. I think it's the wash. <laughs> he was pretty. He was pretty good. Like he was really yeah, good for good. club. He was. He had twelve goals mm-hmm. and thirty-four points in forty-eight games. Is he a center or a winger in your opinion? You know the way they are grooming him, they want him to be a center, and yep. um, we'll see. I mean, he's a smart player. Um, you know, he's got to change some of his craftiness in the defensive zone and, and some of his creative plays, you know, eight feet inside the blue line where he wants to do the no look that everyone figured out quick. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, you're talking about a team right here in Columbus that has zero centers. I mean, I'm talking zero. Uh, so to make a guy like that center, uh, they moved Felino to center, of course, Jenner to center. Uh, so with, with uh, Miko Koivu leaving, who was a big acquisition, just to kind of fill a veteran center spot and Dubois 
to be that number one center leaving, that, that they left massive holes here. So is he a center? I think it's too early to tell. I think he had to be this year, and he did okay. But he got exposed a little bit. Uh, Jody Shelley joining us out of Columbus. Bob Stoffer with you in Oilers. Now, Jody, uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins is a pending UFA. Uh, we know these teams have talked in the past. Edmonton could use a goaltender. Uh the Blue Jackets don't have to technically give up an asset if RNH does go to free agency. Would Columbus have interest in Ryan Nugent Hopkins to fill one of those center spots? I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I would think so. I mean, I've always loved this player. And, you know, when I talk to my, my brother who's out there in Sherwood Park, and my mom and my dad, and, uh, you know, when I talk, you know, when you just shoot around sure. trades here and there, I always try to throw in Nugent Hopkins, and they're like, no, 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 not Nuge. Everyone seems to love Nuge. And I think he's one of the most underappreciated players outside of Edmonton. I really do. Maybe Calgary appreciates him because they've seen him so much. But, you know, like I look at the last goal he scored in the playoffs. He takes a nice shot off the goaltender. He's already jumping around the defenseman. I think it was his last goal. Then he puts the rebound in, you know. He's a smart player. He doesn't look big, but he can win battles. And from where I sit, yeah, I think he's a player that they definitely have interest in. Who's the better goaltender between Corpus Salo and Elvis Merzlitzkins? You watch these guys every night. Which guy's got the higher ceiling? Yeah, you know, the higher ceiling. You know what? I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to tell you what. Elvis, there's only one Elvis to ever play in the National Hockey League, and he's right here in Columbus, Ohio. So, And he is Elvis. He, he, he likes a mad scramble. Uh, he likes to be the star of the game. He's got charisma. He's got personality. He feeds to the market, and, he, and he's, he's an athlete. He's a guy that's playing really well. Um, you know, and then Corpusalo is a player who was part of a team that won in the American Hockey League. Uh, he learned from Bobrovsky. He really is a man of the craft. He's studying the craft and getting better at it. Um, I would say, you know, it's a toss-up. It depends on what you'd like, but I'd say the higher ceiling. I mean, to me, the one that has the more shine is Elvis, just because... Um, you know, there's something about a, a player like that, and he wants to be a number one, but he wants to be a number one star on a team. Uh, and yeah, I think he's figured out the only way to do that is to get wins. So he likes to battle, and uh, I think the team actually plays different in front of him. I don't know why. I feel like they never get rebound chances in front from Elvis, but uh, I think he's the guy he'd like to get. Nine twenty-three, nine sixteen. Last two years for Mizelichkin's represented by Edmonton's Jerry Johansson, and uh, be very intriguing to see. Oh, there you go. There you go. All right. Uh, were you surprised? As a guy who, uh, you know, we, and we we might as well tell the listeners, we spoke during the course of the playoffs. You worked a bunch of nights for the NHL Network. Yeah. Were you surprised that Edmonton went out in four straight uh, against Winnipeg? Yeah, I was shocked. I mean, I think we all were. I mean, that was it was so disappointing the way it happened. It kind of looked like, you know, just it, it just was a game plan put in place by Winnipeg towards the end of the regular season, and they played it to a tee against the Edmonton Oilers. And, you know, I watched I watched Tampa with that similar looks from the Stars two years ago when the Blue Jackets swept the Tampa Bay Lightning, the best team this National Hockey League has seen in a long time during the regular season. And I saw the look on their face, like, you know, a little bit of frustration, a little bit of wondering who's going to pick this up. Um, 
But, uh, yeah, it was, it, it was shocking. I thought that they, were, they had more firepower than what they did, but I have to give all the credit. I really do. I think you have to give all the credit to Winnipeg and how they played that. Uh, their third line was so effective. Their D had a game plan. You know what they wanted to do? They wanted to keep the game on the wall. It seemed like they wanted it on the wall all the yep. time. Every yep. game, they just mucked it up and dumbed it down and played it on the wall and flipped it out. And, and that was a great way to take away speed. And, and um, you know, what's interesting now, Bob, is you see Colorado's taking a little bit of a step back, and it's the physicality of the yes. uh, the, uh, the Golden Knights. They're going right at them. And, 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 you know, Colorado hasn't seen that. And you see McKinnon now getting a little bit rocked. And there's a little dynamic there. Bednar comes out and calls out his best players. So got to be careful with those top guys. But when you have a game plan against them like that and you see where you can get at them, look out. I mean, Vegas now has uh, – they see a little bit of chink in the armor, and it's actually surprising there too. I think I'm not sure what you think, but I think that's uh, I had Colorado as a steamroller. Yeah, I thought Colorado was going to win that one in six as well. Jody Shelley joining us on Oilers now. Bob Stoffer with you. Uh, boy, we're getting texts coming in fast and furious here. Uh, somebody said, "Well, what, what about uh, a deal with the Capitals involving Line A plus for Kuznetsov?" Uh, not, uh, no, no thanks. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> That's I, just my personal opinion. I, I think I know why. <laughs> uh, by the way, you mentioned Tampa Bay, and I, I brought this up last year when Edmonton got uh, taken out by Chicago in four straight, and uh, McDavid, Drysaddle, and Nugent Hopkins combined for 23 points in those four games against Chicago, and McDavid and Drysaddle took some heat. Um, and I said, but, you know, when Tampa Bay lost to Columbus, they had three guys with 90-plus points that year. Kucherov led the NHL 128 points, and then Stamkos and Point. And those guys combined for five points in four games against Columbus. And they didn't get the heat that McDavid and Dreisaitl got last year at Edmonton when they got beat by Chicago. It's it's crazy, right? Because that was a huge upset. Oh, it was massive. And... To see those players, they were so stubborn. And the Blue Jackets and John Tortorella, their plan was to keep things tight. No passing lanes through the neutral zone, meaning all five guys would not allow a lateral pass through the neutral zone. And same thing in the defensive zone. But they kept trying it and trying it and trying it. And they got frustrated. So, you know, it's a little bit of underdog role that they embraced. They had a game plan and stuck with it. It worked. They got timely scoring you got to have the luck to get momentum. And you just felt like when I was watching Tampa uh, a couple of years ago, the momentum just was gone after their first three goals. And the same thing with the Oilers. They were fighting to get it. It seemed like there was glimpses. And then all of a sudden, you know, the tarp got slippery and they were off again. And, and it just, it's, uh, it's, it's a funny, it, it's a, not funny, but it's a strange thing how it works. And, and, uh, that's the, that's the beauty of the playoffs. You you organize and game plan. And I remember when I was in Philly, uh, Bob, we had Yager there. And I know Brownie, you guys have Brownie there. He played with Yogs too. The way he sees the game and the way he strategized for game four, five, and six, he used to tell Hartnell and Giroux that they're going to see the best defensemen for game one, two, and three, that their only goal was to cycle every time they were on the ice, cycle in the offensive zone, so that in game four, five, six, and seven, they were so worn down that then things would open up. You know, I thought that was fascinating, but that's that's how technical you technically you can get if you're confident in your group to play in that playoff situation. Jody Shelley played over 600 games in the NHL, over 1,500 PIMS, uh, legendary battles with Bob Probert back in the day. I'm going to get you to put on the analyst hat here for one more. Does the NHL do enough to protect their stars? 
you, players can't police themselves anymore with the way the games are managed. Um, you talked a bit about you watched Tampa Bay a couple of years ago, and Connor McDavid just played eight straight playoff games over the last two years where he did not draw a penalty, which is a damning stat for me against the National Hockey League. Is enough done? I mean, they say it's the greatest team sport alive, but do they make it too hard on the stars in this great team sport? No, I don't think they do. I think years ago, Mario had his, it, when you look back at him when he retired because of the hooking and the clutching, everything that was going on, when you look back, yes, there was a valid point. How did those superstars do so well back in that day when you could water ski behind players? Um, no, I think it's on Connor. I think Connor uh, has got a fight to draw penalties. I think when you, he should sit down and watch Sidney Crosby. He, I stay up late to watch Connor McDavid skate and fly through the neutral zone. He didn't break stride in the playoffs. They wouldn't let him do it. You know what I mean? It didn't take till game three or four for him to get going a little bit. But we know he can do that, but there's a presence in the offensive zone where I think that there's another level there of just that team commitment, and that's where he's going to draw the penalties. I, I just really do think so. I think if, if you're playing against him, you can know he's getting frustrated, and then, you know, he's got to rise above and draw them. That's my opinion, and that's what I see with him. With that speed... He should be drawing penalties all the time. And uh, the, li- many, the playoffs. Many of the listeners would say, eight, but eight games in a row in the playoffs, he doesn't draw any. As much as he's got the puck, yeah. he played 120 minutes against the Jets. So, well, but the referees it's, don't go into the games thinking, oh, you know, Connor, we're not going to call against Connor. We're not going to call. Him. I mean, right. I mean, they're, 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 you know, that's but, not how it works. These guys are not doing that. The Edmonton-Winnipeg series, the first two games, uh, not a lot of calls. We know for a fact there was a conversation with the league, and they started making some calls early in Game 3. And Games 3 and 4 were very different between the two teams. Jody, we got to do this again, and we got to get you to do a little storytelling the next time you're on about Louis DeBrusque and Bob Probert and that sort of thing. Thanks for taking anytime, time. Anytime, anytime, Bob. It's my pleasure to talk to you. All right. You do a great uh, job, man. All right, Keep thank you very much. There we go. Thanks a lot. That's Jody Shelley. Uh, this text comes in saying, I'm sorry, Bob, but I can't disagree more with Jody. It's not up to the player to fight through hooking and interference and holding or whatever else. A penalty is a blanket penalty. Just call the darn thing. I have a feeling uh, that's probably the sentiment that's held by the majority of the listeners to this show. Jody Shelley was our Reuters Now headliner for Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Uh, there's an old saying in the car business, cars cost less than Wetaskiwin. Brent Ridgeford in Wetaskiwin committed to providing unequaled automotive excellence, resulting in a completely satisfied life time customers if you currently have a vehicle that you're not using enough or payments or an interest rate that's too high or a vehicle that you might want to sell or refinance or trade for something different visit uncle milt rich johnny and the gang at brent ridge ford they can help you out you can give them a call 1-877-477-3673 or visit brentridge.com and they'll even give you their thoughts on ryan nugent hopkins as well Okay, we go to the Oilers Now Injury Report presented by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. The heavy hitters in injury law, Trent Brown, a heavy hitter for the team that was known then as the Edmonton Eskimos circa 1991-1998 as a safety. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Here's Brendan Escott. Well, Hurricanes head coach Rod Brindamore is hopeful again that Vincent Trocek will be able to return from an upper body injury tonight. It's win or go home for uh, uh, the Hurricanes in Game 5. So Trocek, Nino Niederreiter, they'll both take warm-ups and try and go from there. Warren Fogle is 50-50 to play as he deals with an upper body ailment as well. And uh, Curtis Lazar, suffering a lower body injury last night, did not return. Consider him day-to-day for the Bruins. 
This day in Oilers history, we mentioned U.S. travel. We'll have some news on that front coming to you shortly about a potential trip to get involved with in early September. Here's Brandon Escott. 1983 at the NHL draft, the Oilers take Jeff Bookaboom 19th overall out of the Sioux Greyhounds program and Essa Ticken in 80th overall out of Finland. Bookaboom played uh, parts of six seasons with Edmonton between 1986 and 92 before being traded to New York. Ticken uh, joined him on the Rangers uh, in a trade just two years later. A great playoff performer for the New York Rangers, won that cup in 1994. All right, Inside Sports Night, Dave Campbell, Reed Wilkins, a very timely week off. Uh, what's Dave got cooking? You're going to hear from uh, Kelly Moore from our sister station, CJOB, out in Winnipeg, uh, the voice of the Winnipeg Jets. There you have it. Tomorrow. For Mattress Superstore, for the NHL Network, uh, former Tampa Bay general manager, Brian Lawton. Call to hockey, David Staples, and we will briefly hit on uh, the ongoing developments regarding COVID-19, uh, standards and protocols, uh, numbers that we're hitting, those sort of things, as well, obviously, about multiple topics around the Edmonton Oilers. And our NHL insider, John Shannon, for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Stay tuned, everybody. Up next is a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3, and then 6.30 chat afternoons with Jalen Nye from 3 to 6. So long, everybody, from Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.